electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. That's right. We do start right now. And tonight on Fast Money, losing its luster while gold down Bitcoin, catching a bid. What's changed in just a month? We'll find out. It's not just gold. Oil also stuck in the mud. Big oil stocks, a big time losing streak. And uh-oh, the chart master sees more pain ahead. And later, a special bonus hour of TV. We are going to hit the five biggest stories that impacted you and your money this week including a big debate on the outlook for electric cars, whether shipping problems may put Christmas at risk. That is coming your way at 6 p.m. Eastern time because Jim is off, so stick around. In the meantime, though, why don't we do this fast money thing? Oh, by the way, I'm Brian, not Melissa. She got a well-deserved night off. Tonight, your trader lineup, Steve Grasso, Karen Feinerman, Carter Worth, and Bonwin Iason. Welcome, everybody. All right, let us jump right into it on this Friday. The market squeaking out some gains today. It finished out the week at new record highs as a pretty solid jobs number boosted investors' outlook. The S&P and Dow both notching all-time high closes as interest rates actually did something they haven't done much recently. They ticked higher, back above or back at 1.3%. Woohoo! So, did the jobs number give the Fed an all-clear signal ahead, Steve? When do you think that scary taper might actually begin? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. So, you, you set it up perfectly. We had, uh, the last couple of days, we've had political pressure on Powell to raise rates. Today, we had better uh, economic data. And hopefully, Brian, I know that this is... Not what we've been hearing, but hopefully we're coming to a peak COVID environment. I know it doesn't seem likely, but, but uh, that's the one variable for me. So if we see uh, Powell focus more on COVID and the Delta variant, then he does not have the all clear. He definitely has the ability to still keep rates low But with all the things that you started off the show with and I just mentioned, he definitely should be, you would think, you'd shake up that magic eight ball, you would think rates are going higher sooner rather than later. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, it's anybody's guess as to where Delta goes. Tune in more at 6 p.m. Eastern, by the way. That's how we're launching the show with the reopening risk, talking to Dr. Monica Gandhi about it. But let's back this up here, Karen Feinerman. Okay, interest rates, they rose, but they're at 1.3%. Almost everybody we talked to just a few months ago was like, we're going to be at 2% by the end of the year, if not sooner. But we did go up. Is that an all clear to buy financials? I hope it is an all clear to buy financials. I do own them. It's interesting, as we're saying, 1.3, that didn't used to be a lot. But, you know, we saw the two-year, 10-year spread move a lot, which banks trade as if they're tied to more than their business is actually tied to. But I also think it was this idea of, okay, if rates go up, 
let's find stocks that don't have high multiples. And certainly the banks would be a place to look. So if you look at that value rotation out of the high flyers, and that's why even on an up day you saw the, the IGV, which is the very high flyers, actually trade down. And FANG, the whole FANG complex, I think face, Facebook maybe eked out a gain, but Alphabet and Apple, Microsoft, Netflix, they were all down. So I think it's a little bit of a rotation, and if the rotation has any legs, then I think the financials are going to be a good place to be. I'm there. It's sometimes very lonely and painful, um, but you know, I invite others to join into the, the bank rally. <laughs> Get off the wall, get into the financials dance. That is what Karen, it's like eighth grade homecoming. That's what Karen is saying about the financial stocks. Let's talk about another sector that's been in the news, Bonowin, and that is, of course, the travel names. I call them the goat stocks. Get out and travel, because guess what? With new mandates and new restrictions in certain parts of the country, there's been a lot of people really worried about some of these names. Cruise lines, vaccinated passengers. Every time one tests positive, there's a bold face headline leading the news. What's your take on this sector? One to avoid or take the risk? Um, I mean, I think at, at some point you are going to have to take a risk because uh, Karen mentioned it. I think Steve also mentioned it. We've seen this rotation on the back of Delta, Delta variant, that is, uh, between like stalwart names that we come to think of as being quote unquote safe, mega cap, tech names that are going to kind of do well under any environment. Now we're kind of seeing that rotation that was much more speculative in nature in cruise lines and airlines and whatnot. And even though we're seeing some return to normalcy on the the, uh, leisure side, the business side still has a long way to go. And I think until we see that follow through, you know, there's still some risk to that. With all that said, even when bookings return to pre-COVID levels, you've got to look at the balance sheet and enterprise values of these companies that are now all debt laden almost unanimously across the board. So I do think that you start to trade them because of rotation and because of headline risk and because this market is trading very much on the back of sentiment. That is very separate than valuation and investing. But the question was, do you kind of trade these? Does a risk start to make sense? I think if the thesis is that the rotation does have some legs, then I do think these underperformers are going to have some pop to them. Yeah, about a third of the 934,000 jobs created were in travel and hospitality. Jobs, tourists, travel, they are coming back. Chartmaster, Carter Worth, let's strip out the emotion, right? Let's, let's, the, the charts are supposed to indicate what we all know and what the markets believe. When you look at the charts for the macro markets, it's been nothing but up, up, up. I showed on Worldwide Exchange the other morning, we haven't had more than a 5% pullback since October of last year. What are you seeing in your crystal ball? Well, that's right. It's been a perpetual motion machine. When any area falters, a new area comes on to the field and picks up the slack. Uh, the, the notion of, of rotation, though, I, I mean, it's a, it was a very bad week for, for cyclicals. Uh, we know that industrials, materials, energy all underperformed the market, and financials, but for today's news-related strength, would also have underperformed. Uh, it's to, uh, it imputes to the practitioner uh, an ability to time that doesn't exist except in a few rare uh, human beings, a few gods. This in and out, I got the cyclical trade, I didn't. Uh, I'm not into that, and I don't think most people have been successful in doing it. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much out there, you know. And again, Steve Grasso, not to hammer it, but to your point at the very top of the show, You know, we hear so much about the variants, but we also do need to put everything in context. 
hospitalizations, while rising in some states, are still 0.08% of the population of Florida and Louisiana, the two states that have gotten the most attention. I'd like that number to go to zero. We all would. I know we don't know what governments are going to do, but do you see the real chance of lockdowns? I'm not asking you to be a doctor or an epidemiologist, but if you're an investor, you've got to think about this, because if you don't think about it, you're missing what could be the biggest economic and earnings part of the entire equation. Yeah, I don't see where I don't see us getting back to the lockdown that we had uh, when we had our first go around. I, I do I do not think the country, uh, small business owners would tolerate that type of a lockdown. Is there going to be some gray area, some middle ground? Uh, yes, of course. And to to get back to that value rotation. Yes, uh, value had a terrible week. But the way I look at this, uh, Brian, the value trade is it hinges on rates rising. And I think the real reason why we haven't seen the 10-year rise was basically a strategic effort for people to sit on this trade and do the Powell trade. What I mean by that is they shorted uh, treasuries and, and they figured uh, Powell was, wasn't going to be, he had to eventually spark this taper rally. And when that didn't happen at an extended period of time, they were forced to cover and buy treasuries, which the inverse correlation to rates and, and the underlying, that's what kept a lid on rates. So I do believe we're going to see rates pop further, but people have been looking for rates to rally first before they boatload into the value trade. And that's what I think you've been seeing uh, at the tail end of this week. And you'll probably see more of it in the next two weeks. I feel like it's kind of been the widowmaker trade on Wall Street, especially for some of the bond deaths out there. We've seen some hedge funds have some woes as well. All right, let's move on. Well, as most stocks sit at or near all-time record highs, one sector is still playing catch-up. You know what it is. Energy. Of course, It was red hot to begin the year, the year of oil, but it cooled off faster than an ice bath after a sauna. The XLE Energy ETF down more than 11% over the last two months. But if you are thinking of buying on the dip, maybe think again, because the chart master says the pain may continue. Carter, what are some of these oil stock charts telling you? Well, that's right. I think you bring up an interesting uh, point in the sense of what if one were just to say year to date performance, and that's totally arbitrary. Energy is the best performing sector, up 31 percent, beating the S&P up 18. And yet one had to be there in the first eight weeks. It's been nothing but misery ever since. Let's look at three charts. The first is a two panel. You're looking at simply the S&P 500 energy sector on top and on the bottom is relative performance to the S&P. And that's the real tell. Every single time the relative line has rallied to that downtrend line, it has failed to the penny. It peaked in March. In fact, look at the second chart. This is simply just the ratio chart. It's a one-line chart, and it's looking at the relative performance of energy, XLE, to SPY. The peak was March 8th. This is August 8th, meaning if one wasn't literally perfect in their timing, it's been nothing but a headache. Now. Are they all bad? I mean, I just don't like the space, but take a look at the final chart. This is Hess. Now, you have Hess over a four or five year period on the top, but look at the relative performance. Uh, It's it's godlike. It's up and to the right. When it dips, 
in March of the pandemic, it's outperforming its sector. When it rallies, it's outperforming its sector. Uh, Hess, if one needs to or has to be in energy, HES. You know, Karen, here's the thing, though, and Tom Lee has pointed this out, so all credit to him. If you were to overlay a chart of the price of oil against oil stocks or oil ETFs like the OIH, the XLE, the XOP, you name it, something is disconnected big time. Because when oil has been at 65, 70, 75 bucks a barrel, we've seen these ETFs literally be twice as high as they are right now. So something is dislocated. How are you? Are you buying, selling energy stocks right now? I actually recently bought the OIH uh, because I did, there is that giant disconnect. Remember, we saw the OIH, I think it peaked at like 244 maybe. And so it's down, I don't know where it closed today, 180 something. I mean, that is a gigantic move that seems to me to be overdone. So I don't have big exposure there, but I do have the OIH because I do think that some of that ground will be made up. Yeah, and the last time oil was here, I think the OIH was at 500 bucks. It's at 185 now. So eh, we'll see where that goes. All right, we got a lot more to do here. Coming up, a closer look at a rather unusual divergence happening in two very popular places to invest right now. But first, from a major media company to a vacation stock, the traders will tackle earnings next week and which moves to make right now. More Fast Money right after this. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Well, earnings season may be winding down a bit. However, there are still a couple of key names that we are watching this week. Look at all those names still to come. It's not over yet, folks. So how should you play them? Let's find out in a good old-fashioned game of trade it or fade it. And let us begin with one of the most closely watched reports next week. That is Disney. Their earnings roll out, Carter, on Thursday. What are you watching for? What are you expecting? Well, I mean, I think you fade this. There's something not right. There's an old expression, this dog won't hunt. It's stuck now. Do the earnings help it? But this is a marquee name that is not participating. I don't like it. All right, that's a, that's a fade it. Karen, trade it, fade it. 
Well, obviously, I look at things very differently from the way Carter does, uh, and probably more often Carter's right. But I look at it as a marquee name that is actually on sale now. I think that we'll see some really good streaming numbers from them. And I think the street will also either give them the benefit of the doubt if they see weakness in the hotel and theme park properties because of potentially, you know, uh, the Delta variant um, hurting them there, or it will reward them if they do show good numbers there. So for all those reasons, I'm a trade it. All right, there we go. Next on the list is Baidu. They are also Bonowin out with their results on Thursday. Trade it, fade it. Uh, I'm fading this one. And honestly, it's it's not so much about what I expect to see from the results. It's simply the binary and seemingly asymmetric risk around that entire subsector. There is nothing that this company is going to be able to say or control autonomously that is going to overshadow what is going on currently in terms of crackdown in China. And I just it's just a no-fly zone for me right now. Um, you know, I'm fading it. Yeah, I mean, you got the sword of Damocles for the Chinese government, Steve, hanging over this one as well. Trade it or fade it? Yeah, this is a fade for me, too. This stock is off, uh, you know, from, from, its, from its recent peak, uh, or I should say from the peak that we saw uh, just, a, just a bit ago, it's, the stock is off 58% or so, and it bounced recently 10%. The stock is not even oversold. It was oversold and could only rally just under 10%. This one is the great abyss of what is China going to do. Eventually, this is going to be a buy, Brian. But I can't tell you when that is, so I'm going to say fade it. All right, two fades there on Baidu. Now let's turn to the company formerly known as Weight Watchers. Their results coming out on Tuesday. Karen, uh, without getting into it, obviously we know what the pandemic has done. There's been a lot of people who have unfortunately gained a lot of weight. People think this is kind of an easy play. What do you think on WW? Yeah, I like WW. I'm actually long. I think you're right. The total addressable market here has expanded, so to speak. And the the evolution that they've made as they switch to a more subscriber online, um, an online subscriber that pays less, but the margin is much more. So I think it's very cheap on earnings. And um, so I think we'll see, you know, good numbers. We're looking for 5.2 million subscribers, I think. So I'm long. So that would be a trade it. Trade it on WW. Carter, what do you think? What are the charts telling you? Well, I guess for a second time, I'm on the opposite side. Uh, look, here's the thing about this. This, <laughs> why, why fade it? Um, it's the same price it was two weeks ago and six months ago. And actually, 10 years ago, in fact, its IPO on November 15th of 2001 was at 24. The next week, it was 31. And here we are 20 years later, we're at 31. It runs way up. It collapses. It gets endorsements by Oprah. Then it goes back. This is a gambling chip. Okay, maybe you can trade it for a little bit. But as a business, to be unchanged for 20 years, that's not investing. That's something else. All right, one trade, one fade there on that. By the way, sit tight, guys. We've got a market flash right now. Shares of Exact Sciences are on the move in the after hours. Let's find out why with Contessa Brewer. Contessa. Well, reportedly, Exact Sciences has approached Invitae about a potential merger here, um, which is sending that stock up. But the volumes are light, so you're seeing Exact Sciences up 
uh, two-tenths of a percent, Invitae up almost 13 percent in extended trading. I just want to point out, these are diagnostic companies uh, really on the forefront of cancer testing, early detection for cancer. Last year, you had Exact Sciences on a buying binge. They they, uh, acquired at least three of these diagnostic companies last year. And uh, and Invitae was kind of a competitor on this front. So a potential merger here might mean new breakthroughs uh, in detecting cancer early. Brian? Contessa Brewer there. Hey, Steve Grasso, I know this is a name you know. And listen, maybe Exact Sciences is on the hunt for what they perceive as a bargain because NVTA, Invitae, their stock was at 60 bucks. In January, it's lost half its value. Your take on these headlines. Yeah, I I think this is definitely, uh, I I shouldn't say definitely. Definitely doesn't come into into trading, but I I would be a buyer of this one. You have to look at the recent low, which is around the mid-90s, so 96 and change. But when you look at the life sciences uh, group or sector, Brian, everything has been dominated by COVID. This one is not dominated by COVID. So I think you're getting a, a, a bargain price on this one if things move in their direction. And if we can see some M&A, I do believe that this is an area where people will focus on sooner rather than later. But like I said, COVID has dominated the headlines and this one has been flying under those headlines. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's still a lot of bad stuff out there that we have got to deal with now and in the future as well outside of covid Steve Grasso, thank you very much. Watching Invitae. All right, on deck. Why the new gold is looking a lot like the old gold, at least recently. And later on Options Action, two sets of contrarian plays tied to the economic reopening. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Well, gold and Bitcoin seeing a divergence today after that jobs number. You can see the gold falling 2.5%. Bitcoin up 4%, actually back to its highest level since June and back above 42,000. All right, Karen Feinerman, let's talk about it. Your take here on the, on the gold story, you flagged that inverse move earlier. Why are we seeing this? I don't know. I've actually never quite gotten gold, but I thought part of the story to gold was this idea of fiat currencies and spending out of control, that that would be a bid for gold. I don't know. But that same story applies to Bitcoin as well. So I think that's part of what's happening in Bitcoin. And I also think that institutional adoption of Bitcoin is continuing, even with the volatility we've had. I mean, this is up from, I don't know, 29,000 maybe three weeks ago. So um, I think Bitcoin is slowly replacing that. It's the digital gold hedge. All right, Karen, thank you very much. All right, it is already that time. Time for your final trades on a Friday. Steve Grasso, kick it off. I'm going to go with the diversified chemical space. This is a value play. Trinseo, TSE. I I think investors misheard what the company had reported. Trinseo, I think you're getting a bargain basement price right here. Sounds like a fiat. Carter? I think you take advantage of the sell-off in gold. Bye. Bonwin. Peloton looks a little weak. I'd wait before stepping back in. Peloton. Karen. Viacom. I like those earnings yesterday. Good stuff. Thank you all. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. 
The smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.